This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Parish Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles, my guest is Tamane Madani, founder and managing director of France Home Finance, a digital financial services firm providing French real estate loans, mortgages, insurance, and more. After completing her MBA from the NC Business School, Tamane worked for American Express and for GE Capital in the US, Europe, and Asia. Let's hear how this financial services entrepreneur can assist you with obtaining a mortgage to finance the purchase of your home in France. I want to thank you for joining us on the Parish Property Chronicles. Where are you during the lockdown? I'm in a little village called Rayoville. It's near Montelimar, uh, about 50 minutes north of Avignon, if that helps. Okay. And how far is that f- uh, from Paris for our listeners who don't know where Avignon is? It's a six-hour drive straight south. And I'm presuming everybody's still healthy and happy and in, in, in good spirits, even though we're all under confinement? Yes, yes, it's it's been absolutely fantastic. We we were one of the the thousands who got a lockdown puppy, so it's much nicer for a puppy to be here than in Paris. Oh, what kind of puppy did you get? She's a Lagotto Romagnolo, um, which is an Italian water dog, and she also hunts truffles. So we've been eating truffles on a daily basis. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and when you founded France Home Finance? Sure, sure. So I'm half American, half Iranian, grew up in the States, and I discovered Paris while visiting some Iranian relatives that had that had settled here as refugees in the 80s. I visited them in the 90s. I was still in university, and I fell in love with Paris. So I was absolutely obsessed with finding a way to move to Paris permanently. I ended up getting here finally because it was so hard to get a work permit, um, finally only after doing an MBA in France. And I went back to work for my employer who was GE Capital, so a a big um, multinational bank at at the time. And I worked for them for a few years and then started my own business, which was a brokerage business. At first, I was working with French people mainly. And we had so many requests from English speakers that were suffering trying to to navigate the the French banking system that that really became the business. And from there, we branched out to insurance as well. So we're a mortgage broker. We're an insurance broker. Um, We do um, tax-sheltered retirement investment as well. So we really try to to do all of the financial things that our clients want help with that um, is just difficult to do, even if they speak French, just culturally difficult to do. Okay, great. Where where in the U.S. did you grow up? I grew up in Wisconsin in a small town just north of Madison. Okay, in the Midwest. I always like Midwesterners, I must admit. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, I should say that, but the only part of the Midwest I've ever been to is Minneapolis and Chicago. Oh, both fabulous cities. I spent seven years in Minneapolis, and it's absolutely amazing. Can you tell us what services France Home Finance offers? Sure. So uh, I think the most important thing we do is pre-approve to borrow in, in France because that's where it all starts. When you have a project to buy, everything is is turning around the budget. So making sure that what you're going to go out and look for, you can actually afford to get later. And because in, uh, especially in Paris, the market moves so quickly, you have to make an offer with confidence, um, knowing that you can back it up with the financing behind it. 
So we do that for our clients. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, we're talking to clients for a year before they actually find something. But, you know, it starts with us helping them figure out what their budget is in terms of what's the loan they can qualify for, how much cash do they need to bring to the table. And then they go out and look and then they can make an offer with a lot of confidence when, when they're ready and they find that perfect place. And then once the offer is made, we put together the whole mortgage file, which is very paper intensive. I think a lot of non-resident clients don't realize how different it is here. We don't have a credit bureau that does a score. It's uh, it's very old world where you triangulate between all the bank statements, the taxes, the salary slips, or company accounts if you're self-employed, um, so that the banks can get a full picture of what are your financial debts and what are your revenue streams. We do all that work to, to translate it to make it clear to the bank because foreign documents are very difficult for them and they need to know uh, numbers to, to take. Yeah, it's really important because I agree with you. A lot of North Americans are very focused on the credit score. I've actually had clients say my credit score is 98% or 99%. And for French banks, when you're putting together this dossier to present to them, that's really not how they evaluate the profile of the subject. No, not at all. Can you explain a little bit about the differences between applying for a mortgage in France? And you don't just deal with Paris, you deal with France in all its of entirety. France, right. And let's pick another country for someone who, who is used to applying for a mortgage in the U.S. So the, the key thing is that it's illegal in France to over-indebt people, and it always has been. So that's kept the French bankers out of the subprime crisis and, and, and many other troubles. So what they need to do is, if they're audited by the, the banking authorities, they need to prove that they went through the, the necessary due diligence to be sure they haven't over-indebted somebody. And over-indebting is defined as clients shouldn't have more than a third of their regular income as, as debt or financial obligation, like a rent uh, for housing. So, so that's the overriding principle. And then beyond that, there's other rules. It's different for each bank, but there's, um, there's assets to earnings ratios. There's making sure that you have a, enough left at the end of each month to live on based on the number of people in your household. That's another mm -hmm. one that they use. Um, so it really is a you know, completely different in the U.S. And, and also you know, the U.K., it's just a credit score is really the main number they look at. And then, of course, you back it up with the documents. Okay, great. So let's go with an example. Have you ever had a client or clients who are retired who don't necessarily have a conventional profile? How would you present that to a bank and what would the banks look at? It's all about proving the revenue stream. So if uh, a lot of clients have put money away in, in 401ks or, or Roths or any kind of uh, you know pension planning, depending on the country that you're um, you're based in, so it's being able to demonstrate that there is a steady stream of revenue, whether that's your accountant writing a letter, whether it's showing the last three years of taxes to prove that um, you're able to, to get a steady stream out. That's how we look at it. And of course, um, some people are just living off of the lump sum. So they know they can spend 50000 a year and still be able to keep the, the lump sum big enough to, to go on indefinitely. So it's just getting creative. How can we make a bank comfortable that the money is still going to be there in the future? Can we also talk about, since we're going with a retired couple, mm. 
are there age limits to obtain a mortgage? Because in the U.S., you can go into a bank and be 80 years old. As long as you have the, the necessary income or collateral, you can obtain a loan for 20, 25 years. Are there age limits in France for for people who are interested to obtain a loan? Yes. And this is what is is, is most disappointing for our clients because they, they see it as so unfair. And I agree. In France, you have to have life insurance along with a loan. It's cultural. In France, it's bad form to leave any debts when you pass away. Mm -hmm. So the French banks want to know that a French life insurance is going to repay the debt in full when you're gone. In practice, it follows the revenue. So if there's a couple uh, that earn the same amount of money, we would insure the mortgage half and half. So if one passes away, half the remaining balance would be paid off. And, and it always follows, you know, if it's 80-20, whatever the pro rata split is, that's how we do it. If you have a retired couple, both people are, let's say, 62. Mm -hmm. In theory, you can get life insurance up to age 75 in France. So that limits the length of the mortgage. But we have another thing in France, which is called the usury rate. This is the, the maximum rate considered decent to be charging people by the French government to, to have a loan. And they look at the interest rate, the cost of life insurance, and a few other ancillary closing costs. So where we run into big problems is if we have an older client, we're trying to get a 10-year loan, but the cost for the life insurance um, is 1% or higher, that, that blows us over the usury rate and the banks, just by technical definition, cannot lend to the client. Is that usury rate similar to what we would call in the US the APR or the all-in rate, or is that different? Similar, similar. It's the same type of thing. Different calculation. Okay. Can you just tell us what types of mortgages the French banks offer? Sure. So it's really simple because the interest rates have been so low for so long. It's a fixed interest rate right now that pretty much every bank is offering. It's very hard to find a variable interest rate. Most French banks also culturally, they, you know, people don't like to have debt. They they take it and they pay it off as soon as they can. So a French client will often ask for a 15 or 20 year loan. International clients will ask me for 30 or 40 year loans. So 40 year loans? Yeah. People have asked for 40 year loans. Scandinavians, sure, sure. It's normal for them. Uh, 40 year interest only, in fact. You know, it's just it's a it's like a rent more than than really an idea of paying off something and acquiring it. Right. So so the compromise that you'll see with the French banks is, you know, they'll do 20 years comfortably, 25 at a stretch. Interest only exists in a very limited fashion here. A lot of time it's used for tax planning more than to to lower the, the payment. If you need to have an interest-only mortgage because you can't afford the higher payment, you won't qualify in France. It's mainly when you're buying a more expensive apartment uh, or house and you want to stay under the wealth tax, although even that's been limited um, with the latest French finance law. Can you just give our listeners some idea of what the current interest rates are? And do they differ between French residents and non-French residents? Yes. So they, they definitely differ between residents and non-French residents. And they, and they can actually range quite wildly between banks. But for a non-resident buyer, you could consider 15 years, uh, 1.60, a good interest rate, 20 years, 1.75. There's some banks that will charge you 2.5%. So it really okay. just depends. And to compare for a French resident, not necessarily a French citizen, but a French tax resident, you could look at 0.95% for 15 years, 115 for 20 years. 
Wow, those are some very interesting rates, and it's probably what is helping to continue to support the property market, to be frankly honest. Mm, is, is that mm. what you're seeing as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. That they've been so low for so long has enabled a lot of people to have access to property that, that couldn't um, you know, 10 years ago. Okay. You, you spoke about it a little bit before. You're, you're absolutely correct. There is a cultural difference between debt because in the U.S. or in North America, it's a good thing to have some sort of debt. Mm -hmm. In France, that seems to be something that they are averse to. Is there a debt ratio that is necessary to respect when applying for a mortgage? And if so, what is that? Yes. You'll hear the banks talk about the taux d'endettement, which is the, the rate of indebtment. And in the past, the law was it shouldn't be more than a third of your regular revenue. So 33% of regular revenue. And that's considered your annual you know, base salary, less social charges. If you get a bonus, some banks will look at the three-year average of your bonus as a revenue. They'll take rental income into account, but only at 70%. So all of those are regular revenues. And then debts are any existing mortgage payments you have, any personal loan payments, car loans, rent that you might be paying, childcare, alimony, anything like that. So it's that one-third ratio. Now, in the past, it was pushed, especially if at the end of the month, once all your debts were paid, you had a healthy, you know, you had five, 6000 remaining for spending, they would, they would push that ratio up to maybe 40%, 45% even. Mm -hmm. The French government in January put out a, an edict to all the banks saying, you know, there's way too much uh, debt happening. It's, it's not being uh, responsibly decided upon in terms of the banks. So they're, they've told the banks that they have to bring it back down to 33% and that clients have to start putting a minimum of 10% down on the purchase. Okay. That takes me to how much you need to put down when you're applying for a mortgage. Mm -hmm. And I presume that differs wildly if you're a French tax resident or a non-French tax resident. I would say uh, a minimum of 30%. It can be 50% in some cases. And sometimes you get lucky and it's only 20%. But I would you know, go into it thinking 30 to 50%. And can you just give us a sense of what documents do you need so people can be armed when they, when they start their search to look for a property? Sure. So let's start with the revenues. You would need, if you're salaried, you would need your last two full tax returns and three months pay slips. A letter from your employer confirming when you started, what job you're in, that you're on a full-time contract, that it's not a, you know, it doesn't have an end date. Um, and if you're self-employed, we would need three years of taxes and potentially company accounts for the three years as well. On the debt side, you would need mortgage statements to prove how much is outstanding on the loans, what your monthly payment is, when they'll end. Rent uh, contracts, uh, you know, if you're if you're a renter, the contract and maybe a, a rent slip showing the amount that you've paid. Credit cards, um, some banks don't really think about them. Other banks take them very seriously. So it's always good to show all the credit cards you have and then that could be managed. And then there's just the basic identification, passports, marriage certificates. Uh, it's important in France to understand what marital regime you've been married in that can have an impact on, on how you can buy and how you can borrow. Okay. That's a lot of information. It, it's really good to be prepared when you're going out and you're finding your property and you're making an offer. Okay. So you're armed. You're ready. You've, you found your, your property. You've got your pre-qualification. Your offer's accepted. Then what happens? How long does it take for a non-resident, we'll start with that, mm -hmm. or 
focus on that, to get approved for a mortgage in France? It can take anywhere from three weeks to three months. That is a huge, huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, uh, big variable, which is why we try to start as early as possible. What is the difference? It all depends on the bank. Some banks will approve you financially. And then if everything's okay, they start the process to open the bank account, apply for life insurance. And these things are required then to be able to issue the actual paper loan offer. Other banks, which are the majority, unfortunately, will ask you to you know, give your general information. They run it through their computer software, which is neither here nor there. Uh, then you have to open the, the bank account, apply for the life insurance, which is tediously long if it goes via the banks. It might include medical exams as well, which can be tricky when you're a non-resident. And only then does it the, the paper file go off to the, the central credit committee, which is always a, a completely separate department from any of the bank agencies. And then they will make a decision. And so even if the, the counselor at the you know, bank agency told you, yeah, everything, you know, the, the software says yes, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get approved two months later when you've gotten through all the rest of the, the hurdles. So there's like the equivalent of the back office or the commitment committee. Exactly. That has the final say. Does it differ if you're interested to buy a property in Paris versus, say, Avignon, where you are? Is the process more simplified depending upon the region in France? No, it's really different. It differs by bank. Some banks, I guess we could say, have a national decision-making process and others are split by region. So there is that. But it's mainly, you know, what, what is that particular bank's organizational structure? Has the approval or how banks look at a certain profile been affected by the the pandemic in terms of their lending restrictions? Yes. So uh, I guess the good news is we've been we've been issuing loan offers the whole time through both lockdowns. That is good so news. So <laughs> that's already surprising. It hasn't stopped. But there, I mean, the banks are, are are being smart about it as well. You know, if you're uh, if you're a couple and both of you are working in the airline industry, that's going to you know raise an eyebrow. So mm-hmm. they're trying to think practically about it as well. You know, any industry that's been really hard hit, you know, there you're going to have to perhaps really show that that your company is doing okay, that your your job is is safe. I think even before the pandemic hit, they didn't necessarily need the business, nor do they want too much mortgage business because the rates are so low, it's not profitable for the banks. So right. pre-pandemic, they were looking for um, younger clients that they can build a long-term relationship with, that will open a bank account, that will regularly put money in the account because they need to have more funds from clients to back up their investments on on the books. And this is coming as well from the financial reforms that the banks need to run with more money, you know, in the bank, whereas before they were quite lean, they were lending out quite a bit and, you know, not, not having as much on the books and that created a lot of dangerous situations. So now they want people that are going to be putting their salaries into the bank. Um, investing in things such as assurance V, using their bank payment cards because they make money through that. So more services, basically, just like with any bank. Exactly. And the mortgages is not something that, the, you know, the, the, that's just to get you in and, and build a relationship. So all that to say that since the pandemic has hit, you know, it's made them even more picky on who they accept. 
Okay, so they have become more selective. You know, I've been in France for over 15 years, and I remember when I first got here, I could walk into a bank and give them my passport and open a bank account. As a, I, I, and I am a U.S. citizen and now a French citizen for the past several years. Even as a U.S. citizen, my bank still asks for information. How challenging is it for U.S. citizens, U.S. persons to open a bank account? and to obtain a mortgage in France? Unfortunately, it's very challenging. Uh, the U.S. government, in a noble attempt to to crack down on multinational companies that were doing a lot of business in the U.S. but not paying any taxes in the U.S., have put out a law called FATCA, and this is essentially stating that all foreign banks that do business with anybody holding a U.S. passport or a green card, whether you're a resident of the U.S. or not, um, that bank needs to report annually on the, the bank activity of that person. And this has been backed up by some very severe fines. So what we've seen are a lot of the banks saying, look, even though the actually administration is a bit of a pain to do that reporting, it's not the end of the world. It's more the risk of getting it wrong and exposing the bank to a fine like that isn't worth it for the few expat clients that they might be dealing with. So some banks have decided to not deal with any U.S. person, which is what that category is now being called at all. And other banks uh, will only deal with, you know, very uh, high profile, you know, high opportunity for development um, client. So, so it's been quite tricky. Okay. All the more reason for people who are looking to apply for a mortgage or to purchase a property in France to use your services because you, you simplify the process, you are their advocate, and you navigate them through because it, it is very tricky, even to open a bank account. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. When does it make sense for someone who already has a mortgage, an existing mortgage, to refinance the mortgage, just in terms of rates? We have a rule of thumb, which is 1%. So if we can get you a rate that's about 1% lower, you're going to end up winning in terms of all the switching costs that you're going to have to pay. You're still going to save on all the, you know, the, the interest that you're not going to pay over the years. Less than 1%, it's debatable. You really have to do the math to make sure that it makes sense. That's a very good rule of thumb to, to know. What is an equity release and what are the requirements for someone who's interested to get cash out of their, of their existing mortgage? So an equity release is something that we see a lot in the U.S. and the U.K. and other countries. And this is when you own a property that has low debt. So it's worth a uh, million euros, but you only have debt of 200000 You want to use that property to take out further debt and do things uh, like renovate, um, just have cash in the bank, do other investments that might earn a higher interest rate than what you'd be paying on the loan. That happened for years and years. And there was a period back when we started almost 20 years ago when we were able to get those loans in France for clients. And it, there was very little paperwork required on what you were going to actually do with that money. However, a lot of things have happened. The world is a different place. And luckily, the world has come together to crack down on money laundering and terrorism. And they're doing that financially, which is, which is very intelligent. 
The downside of that is equity release loans have become very complicated because you have to be able to demonstrate exactly what you're doing with the money. So if you're going to do an equity release in France to buy another property, there's a contract signed, the money passes via the notaire. That's usually possible to do. But if you want to take out money because you've got a lot of school fees to pay for your two kids who are about to you know, go to a private lycée, uh, that's more complicated than it used to be in the past. Okay. So you can't just use the equity in your home to do whatever you want. You you really need to demonstrate what you're going to use it for. Let's say you were interested to acquire a property and there were a lot of renovations mm-hmm. to be done on that property. Would you be able to finance the renovations and how would that work? Yes. So you can finance renovations. It's not a problem technically. However, in practice, well, let's just start with how would you do that? You would have to provide a quote up front to the bank to say exactly what you're going to be doing. And the bank will look at it to see if you're doing anything that would impact the, the property as a guarantee in case you defaulted. So if you were going to do something like move a load-bearing wall, they would want to make sure that you got all the proper legal authorizations from the condo association of your building or the, the local government, depending on where you're buying, that an engineer looked at it, you know, anything that, that would make sure that it's done in the proper way. And that can cause a big delay. So you have to really be careful about what kind of re- renovations you're asking for financing. Um, once you've got the quote, the bank has approved the, in principle, the the financing for the work you're going to do, then you get the work issued. But the tricky part is normally the bank only pays out on invoices to approved insured French companies. That company needs money to buy the materials before they can actually invoice you for the work that's been finished. So the way to get around that is they have to do a, an advance invoice essentially. And that way you can get some money released to start the works. Okay, great. Is there a process by which the banks value the property? And is that contingent upon your loan approval? It depends on the bank. Uh, The majority of high street banks, um, to use the British term, you know, your your typical banks that have agencies on the road, like a Société Générale, a BNP, are not going to ask for evaluation. However, some of the more specialized banks, that's part of their process. And sometimes the client pays for it and sometimes the bank pays for it. Can you just give yourself a pitch and tell our clients exactly the benefits of your services? Because a lot of people will think, hey, I've purchased property before. I know what I'm getting into. Even though I don't speak French, I can can figure it out. I think they really need to understand the benefit of having you lead them and navigate them through the process. Absolutely. The the benefit is is not at all the fact that we're going to deal with all the French speaking for them and the French interaction, although that's a plus if you don't speak French. The benefit is the navigating the cultural differences and the financial differences. So we're able to, even though it might be very obvious, I have clients tell me all the time, my finances are fantastic. That that's true in 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 many cases, but it's all in the way you present your file. And it's very, very specific to each bank each banking committee and only until the, those people are still in those jobs. And when those roles change again, the rules change. So there's just no way somebody coming in off the street going to present their file is going to be able to, to be as effective as somebody that's got close relationships with uh, the banks and understands how they work. Okay, great. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? 
Just that the rates are so low, it's almost like free money. They're fixed 15, 20, 25 years, under 2%. So if you can access property and buy it on these fixed low rates, in the future, you can invest your savings and hopefully earn 5, 6, 7, 8%. I think financially, it's a it's a good part of a well-diversified investment portfolio. So, so uh, we have our challenges, but we're still able to get people approved and think about if it's right for, for your financial situation. We'd love to help you. Tamane, thank you so much for joining us. And we appreciate your time and appreciate your giving us just some information on how we can access the mortgage market when we're interested to buy a property in Paris. Yolanda, it's been a pleasure. I've known you for years. You're such a pro and really happy to have been invited to speak with you. Thank you. That makes me smile. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks. You too. To reach Tamane regarding your mortgage and insurance needs, please contact her directly through her website at www.francehomefinance.com. As always, I appreciate your listening to the Paris Property Chronicles and look forward to sharing my upcoming series on owning property in the French countryside, as well as episodes on immigration and currency exchange. Thank you again, and I wish you all safe and healthy holidays. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles. Property tailored for you.